We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. This time it is a double victory pod because Sporting KC took out the state of Texas. So wow. we are here to talk victories on victories. Plus, we got a special guest we'll talk about here in a second. But first, he's Dan and I'm Jimmy. What is going on, my friend? Uh, Texas sucks. That's what's going on. Uh, you know, SKC to Texas, nothing. Or I guess true. add up all the goals, and I, I guess they they did get three, but it's you know we 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 got the we got the victories, so it's all good. You know they say defense wins championships, and I I would argue that uh, you know if your offense can just outscore the other offense, <laughs> I, you know you can also win stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you know, we'll, and we'll talk about both these games. The uh, um, the Dallas game, you know, we uh, had a, had a chance there at a, a little bit of a clean sheet, and then. Uh, uh, right, Ricardo Pepe, the man of uh, the moment, had to come in and 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 ruin Tim's clean sheet. Yeah, so, Tim hates that, doesn't he? Tim hates that. And uh, not you know, happy. six point week, man. Conference points. Uh, nothing really shaked out at the top of the conference though, with Seattle continuing to to do their thing. But hey, that's fine. At least we stayed stayed with them, you know. And that that October twenty third game is going to be a little more important than we could ever imagine lumen large for all you i know there are a bunch of you who bought tickets to go to seattle for that game after the last time we played in seattle and uh i wish i could join you i will not be there thought about it can't make it but uh seattle laid the smackdown in colorado earlier uh this weekend so that game it's it's probably going to be you know one of the key deciding factors in who takes the top spot in the west yeah man shit's getting crazy around here so winding down i uh you know i wanted to tease a special guest we have coming on but like i also think what if he doesn't call in what if it doesn't happen (laughs) you know what i mean and now we're now we're jerks and we have to re-record this because we're stupid that's true except y'all probably know based on the title of this podcast who it is who is it what's the title sporting kc one day legend, maybe Seth Sinovic joins the podcast today. That's a long title. That's not going to be the title. Oh, I was going to okay. say Sporting KC Legend, and then I was like, <laughs> "Well, I can't actually say Sporting Legend because that's an actual thing as a Sporting that Legend, is. and that's he's technically TM. not that yet." But trademark, maybe one day. 
maybe one day yeah man seth sanovic dude uh croatian great he's gonna be uh <laughs> you know live live in the flesh my brother is currently in the process of attempting to get croatian citizenship so what how how's he gonna do that apparently one of our ancestors was of croatian descent and it's like just close enough within the generations that we qualify for it so you said croatian what? and that reminded me i uh, did he do like ancestry dna and it's like 90%. my other brother did my other brother did no you just have to have a grand like a great grandparent or sooner by birth and our great grandmother was born in croatia and so he had to like write to the ministry of records in croatia and he got some croatian document back that he then had translated and it's it's a whole thing but why does he want to do this uh, why not just for fun just he can get a croatian passport but he has no <laughs> he's not gonna go there like maybe, maybe one day then live there I, who knows no he has no interest <laughs> this is ridiculous i am this is one of those things he's too young too young he can't be in the world yet spending all his time and resources translating croatian that's so strange to me okay yeah. maybe one day i do have a croatian world cup jersey so yeah yeah you did i don't why'd you get that again croatia was in the finals and i'm, I'm clearly i'm croatian but you so. didn't know that at the time right I knew I had Croatian descent. I didn't know oh, I was did. eligible for Croatian citizenship. Well, my Scottish brethren keep scoring goals uh, for sporting. <laughs> and so me and Johnny Russell, man, we're, we're probably going to go have a pint, uh, you know, maybe uh, herd some sheep and buy swords together. That's basically that's what you do when you're Scottish. You should always buy swords with your Scottish bro, dude. <laughs> uh, if you all go back and you listen to last week. You have was, no faith. I was a, I was a little skeptical. I uh, skeptical. I thought skeptical that, testicles. <laughs> I thought that we were gonna probably draw in Dallas. I just, I don't know why. I was, I was like, you know, four points is possible. I think you were like, nope, win win, full yeah, six points. Felt. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Sporting KC went down there, and and we had no uh, Alan Polito when we were down in Dallas. He was on the bench, but not in the starting lineup. So we had right. uh, Kyrie Shelton. And, uh, and and Johnny Russell was in there, obviously, with uh, Daniel Shallowy, who, man, we will talk more about Daniel Shallowy coming up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the story of that game was what the heck was going to happen at right back because we had no right back. A little worrisome. <laughs> Zussi uh, was, was tacking on the yellows all year, so he had to, you know, take a little time out. Yeah, so we had uh, no Zussi, no Lindsay, because he's still uh, working through an injury. And... You know, nothing against Caden uh, Pierre or, or Jake Davis, but probably just how's not that, quite ready. How's that work, by the way, for the dum-dums that listen to us? Uh, people that, you know, the yellow card accumulation, don't you get, is it five yellow cards before you have five. to take a seat out of a next game? Yeah, one, every so five yellows, you get a suspension. You, know, you just can't rack up your yellows. You know, you just can't do them. They, they kind of they do penalize you eventually. So yeah, I think about that and I'm like, you know, maybe we got some noobs and they're like, yellow caution accumulation what is that what is that so uh the the way to ingratiate the noobs was to call them dum-dums yeah dude we're all dum-dums in, in some way or another you know what i mean <laughs> that for all the idiots who listen to the podcast <laughs> that was that came out of my mouth too easily i'll, I'll spill it out for the dum-dums here no it's a that's a good clarification not everybody might know not because they're they're dum-dums just because soccer's got all sorts of weird rules think yellow yeah. card you know yellow card doesn't lead to a suspension normally but you're right every five yellows i believe it is you get a suspension in the next game for for yellow yeah. card accumulation and well, uh 
Yeah. How about the other storyline of the game? Uh, we had a referee who hasn't refed a game of ours in like three years. Oh, that's right. That was yeah. wild, right? J- Jair yeah. Marufo? Marufo. So it's, uh, I mean, last year was a little weird, but, you know, um, there's. Still, I can't believe it's been so long. I was like, oh, this guy. It's well, it's because, yeah, you, I mean, there are certain pro referees where, where you know by name. And, yeah. and it's it's not good if you know well, the refs by now. Because they used it as a verb, similar to how I say, ooh, that guy about got cuckooed right in the face. <laughs> I, you know, you say, oh, oh shit, we were marufoed again. Like, <laughs> it's like Rufy, but marufoed. It's not yeah. good. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, Marufo was back. And, you know, I, I don't think he uh, had too bad of a game overall. I mean, he's fine. I thought, I thought it was great. I, yeah. I was very shocked. I, you know, it was a whole storyline. Like Blue Testament put out an article about it. And it, it was like, oh, shit, is this really a plot point for tonight's uh, right. episode? Well, and, you know, of course, I'm sure Dallas fans might question whether Marufo had a real good game or not. And we'll get to that in a sec. But, you know, um, Cam Duke was starting at right back because we had no other right back. And overall, I think I think Peter even was asked about it after the game. You know, what, what were your thoughts on on Cam Duke's performance? Um, and he was like, he was great. Yeah. He was really solid, you know, a little aggressive at times, but that's because that's in his blood. He wants to yeah, get up there dude, and attack. That dude's quick, man. Cam likes to get up and go. And, and it's nice to know that, you know, we didn't even think of him as an option. At right back. So it's we nice to know that it. he is. We Did mentioned we? it. Oh, yeah. All right, why are you waving fingers? You're, God damn it. <laughs> that makes me feel like I'm in trouble. No, I didn't, in trouble. I didn't remember saying Cam Duke. I thought we had Caden Pierre and uh, uh, who was the other one? Jake Davis. No, Jake we, Davis, we said yeah. maybe watch out for Cam Duke. But then okay. I undercut my credibility when I said, but we're going to draw. And then you were like, no, we're going to win. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you got it. You know, come on. Man. I, <laughs> I had that shallowy stock rising back in February. Okay. This is that's true. It's a big deal, man. This, Daniels, this no Daniels. I, I know some things. You know, people are probably <laughs> like, oh, that guy that just tries to be funny all the time. It's like, I don't give a shit whether you think I'm funny or not. I'm fucking schmuck. All right. Schmuck. I'm fucking schmuck. I know from, what the hell I'm talking about. From Boston now? <laughs> yeah, I'm wicked schmuck. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Daniel Shalley, man, I mean, he is on a tear, and it started in the 12th minute of the Dallas game. He took a pass outside the box, and you can tell he is just feeling it. He got this pass from Martins, looked, saw some space inside, cut in off of a first touch. That was pretty good. Took a shot from distance, and, man, he just buried it in the side netting. And even Johnny, like, you can tell how happy Johnny was from because he's, like, he's almost, like, shocked and happy, and he's, like, got his arms all out wide, and he's just – Everyone's having such a good time watching Daniel yeah. Shallowy play this year. And the age difference between Johnny and Daniel, it's almost like a – it reminds me of, of your situation with your little brother because there's such mm-hmm. a huge gap between you guys in age. And yeah. that's kind of the same gap with Johnny and Daniel, and they, they got a big bro, little bro thing going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's – you know, and we'll, we'll talk about more, you know, what we uh, what we heard in the post game a, a little bit later, but – uh, you know, Johnny uh, defended Daniel and, and basically it was like, it's, yeah, it's baffling that he's not getting more mention in the national media. So we'll Big see. Deal. Now, wasn't this, um, this was the game where the, this was the day that the MVP rankings came out, correct? The power rankings yeah. for that. Yeah. And, and that, now, that was the storyline online. Everyone's like, Oh, shallow. We saw the rankings and said, hold my beer or whatever, you know? To be fair to MLS, and I might get some hate on this, but to be fair to MLS, there was 
an article on MLSsoccer.com that went along with that Instagram post. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Shallowy has a, a decent bit of a write-up in there, as does Andreu Fontas, actually. They call out Shallowy and Fontas as two people who aren't on this top five list, but are, are, are worthy of some looks. And now Fontas I, gives up open headers and shit. So, yeah. <laughs> I would argue that Shallowy, hands down, should be in the top five of that conversation. And at then the you, time, I didn't think so, though, and I, it made sense for him to drop off because he hadn't done a whole lot in the past few games. Oh, okay. Right? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, look, dude, the Chiefs were at the top of their power rankings. What they do? They lost two games, and all of a yeah. sudden, they're number 10. No. I'm like, that's what happens. It's fair. Well, Shallowy scored his goal, and then uh, it was He's 1-0. Uh, second, second half is when things turned even worse for Dallas. Brian Acosta got a red card for a dog, so... Uh, people had some questions as to, uh, I thought you couldn't have a penalty and a red card in the same play. Isn't that double jeopardy? It doesn't well, make sense to me. Rules are no longer a thing. The way it's written is it, you know, if you're attempting, it, it may be reckless, but if you're attempting a legitimate play, then it's it's more of a yellow. In this case, the ref indicated that he didn't think Acosta's challenge on Kyrie was a legitimate play, basically. It was just like mm-hmm. a non-soccer play. So that's a red card and then a penalty kick and uh, Johnny Russell stepped up and buried it. So sure did, man. Everyone wants to keep talking about like, why aren't we giving Daniel the PKs? Why aren't we letting Daniel take the penalty kicks? It doesn't matter. Like, so what Johnny's Johnny's our penalty guy right now. When Allen's well, not on the field, it's Johnny. And you know, Daniel, he scored his other goal in uh, the 61st minute and he did a little step over and uh, just, I mean, an unbelievable goal off of his left foot. Dallas was playing with 10 men. And then of course, obviously Ricardo Pepe came up later and we don't need to spend a ton of time talking about Pepe. He just, he was kind of held on side by Ilya and, and look, he's good. So we put it past Melia and he was pissed, but um, Johnny was asked after the game, he was like, Hey, mm-hmm. you got, you got Daniel shallowy over there and he's uh, he's challenging for MVP and he's challenging for the golden boot. And uh, is there any thought to letting him take penalties? And Johnny goes, if Daniel wants penalties, Daniel can take the penalties. It just kind of worked out, you know, that I took the last one and scored it. So I took this one. If he's on two goals and at that time, then obviously I'll let him take it. In hindsight, you let him take it Mm -hmm. and he gets the hat trick. But if Daniel feels confident, which I'm sure at the time he did, then he's more than welcome to come and take it. It all just depends on if I give him the ball or not. I think think Johnny (laughs) keeps taking it till he misses. Like keep taking him. 100%. But, uh, you know, if, if Shally was on a brace and there's a penalty, then, then by all means, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm one, uh, you know, when it comes to penalty kicks, you know, maybe it's a little superstitious, but I'm like, look, if someone's on a streak and they're hitting them, don't mess with it. And Johnny's looked confident as all hell stepping up and and hitting those penalty kicks. And you know what? Uh, How's he doing that? Like (laughs) you see, they were identical penalties this week and he hits it in that, that corner every time the goalkeeper goes that way. And I'm like, how come the goalkeeper is not saving that? That's so <laughs> wild to see. Tim Elia would say. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's a monster. I, you know, I think it probably actually helps Johnny in, in his confidence. Um, he, he got off to a slow start this year. He was coming back from injury a bit. And now after the Houston game, which we'll talk about here in a second, Johnny scored in five straight games. You want to know the only other person in SKC slash KC Wiz history to do that? I'm aware, but tell me. Precky. Oh, what? That's uh, that's not bad company to be in. Mr. One Name Like Cher? <laughs> 
So, you know, just because we don't want to say his full name, that's a nightmare. Right. <laughs> but I think I actually I'd love to hear you say the name. Oh, if I'm being honest. I don't even No, don't don't. You can't even you can't even like type it out. <laughs> Pray drag. We've got that. Huh? Pray drag. Oh, okay. Rado Savlevich. Gazutite. <laughs> <laughs> or Pracky. We'll just call him Pracky. Yeah, that works, but but you know. What a stack J- though. Dude, Johnny coming into his own like that. Remember at the beginning, we were like, could we see uh, Johnny leaving? He's not as productive. Maybe he misses home. And Johnny said, suck it. I'm going to sign an extension. Right. He's here for what? At least a couple more years, I think it is. Two years and an option for a third. Yeah. It's, you know, he's going to be around. Um, he, he's only 31, man. Yeah. He, it feels like he's older just because he's been around for a little bit. And and he looks like a, a rugged man as well and maybe that's just because he gets really red it's like oh wow is he mad or is he tired yeah not really sure so but you know he's he's you know outside of sports he's a young a young guy you know in professional sports age is weird unless you're tom brady but that's true age is just a construct (laughs) when you're tom brady but uh i mean johnny's having a hell of a run um and 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 really you know you love to see it at this point in time in the season right that's a good point you know we're, we're coming down to really the final stretch here and this is where you want the form dude this is where the teams that enter that are in form win the freaking cup so right. but we did play two bad texas teams and we did allow houston to hit the back of the net five times it won five but yes it was <laughs> oh you mean combined i'm talking about the offsides goals dude oh they the, still okay. scored they hit I the see. back of the net a total of five times. You, I, I hear what you're saying. Okay. That's that's got to be upsetting for them, don't you think? Well, and Peter did talk about after that game. He's like, we got some things to clean up. Mm-hmm. You know, over the next couple of weeks, he goes, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but, you oh, know, we, we got to tighten Over. the jar down on a couple of things, he said. So he tighten the jar? He said, we got to tighten the jar down on a couple of things. Oh God, can we at least poke some holes in it for the fireflies? <laughs> <laughs> so, but this, you know, he was like, mentally, there'll be a couple of days off here and there for certain guys and other guys will continue to train and we've got to keep building their fitness up. So Shouldn't be days off, man. Daniel, Daniel doesn't get days off. Daniel's got to go travel around the world. <laughs> you know, God, he, God, he's got to go around the world. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we got, it was basically the same lineup, except we had um, Graham Zussi back at right back. Uh, Johnny earned a penalty kick in the 13th minute. I was a little worried at first because they went to VAR. And when I saw this live, I was like, I think it's a penalty, but you could also argue Johnny went down a little easy. It looked soft. Uh, so you know, I was in the stand, so I didn't see any replays. There was definite contact, but I also do remember that, you know, and I'm watching the replay again now, like Johnny goes down at first, first touch he feels on his back, which good for him. But then they then they go to VAR and I'm like oh shit and then yeah I hate this I hate when the refs do this they it walk back yellow. all slow and why like, he come slow I said will you hurry up they got hurry that, the hell up you know, he's got like a shit eating grin on his face where he's like oh you never heard that phrase yeah no I have I'm oh, just yeah. mad like the way he strutted back like, I'm like dude time's running what are you doing they know what they're doing they're like I have information that 20,000 people in this stadium want and everybody on TV wants. And I'm the only person here that knows what the answer is. He's also trying to get a breath because he's been running, <laughs> he's been running around the field too. Right. Yeah. But then he pulls out the yellow and actually gives it to, to Sam uh, Junkwa. You that yell at me for the pronunciation. I don't know. The announcers for the other team said that uh, at first they thought the yellow was for Johnny. They thought, Oh, Oh, Russell's getting a yellow for, you know, simulation. simulation. I thought That's... it was too. 
that's what I thought was going to happen too. But nope, they give him the PK and, you know, Johnny and Daniel talked about it for a little bit. And, and then Johnny steps up and once again, buries the penalty kick and uh, just puts it in that bottom right corner. Yeah, at this so, point, we're, we're building up the pressure to have Shallowy take penalties. I'm saying no, don't yeah. do it because yeah. he's just going to miss one or something and that's going to blow his confidence out right. of the water. Keep things the way they are. It's For more, sure. even if Daniel doesn't get MVP, we can have that chip on our shoulder sure. and saying that, uh, look at all the non-penalty goals he scored. Sure. Well, and the, you know, 26 minute, you know, this all started with a takeaway from Remy Walter back deep in Sporting KC's own territory. And, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, job by Remy Walter. Um, turns up field, runs 30 yards or so, finds Gadi Kinda in space, um, who lays off a gorgeous perfectly weighted through ball for Daniel Shallowy takes it first touch uh, to just to soften the pass a little bit and then left foot across the face of goal into the right side netting 2-0 sporting KC at that moment you're like this dude is unreal he cannot well, what, stop was this after he murdered the western post on the south stand <laughs> oh no that was that was later I think was it later maybe well no it might actually been right before you might I be right. it was his first like I think you're shot right on goal because it dude he careered just boom just blasted it off the post and that was a one-on-one situation he, he probably should have scored and it was like two minutes prior you're right I remember now yes. and and so this this was making up for it it was a lot harder than the one he missed he said even in the the post game he was like I should have had a hat trick and yeah. it's like, look at you, you cheeky son of a bitch. <laughs> Peter was like, we could have had six or eight goals. Sure. And so. Houston could have had that many too, though. Like, I'm just saying, <laughs> our defensive woes are not solved right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still um, – set pieces still seem to kind of bother us. Uh, fa- uh, Fabrice Picol. set pieces. That that freaking FIFA, right? Is that it? Fafa? Fafa Picol. FIFA? <laughs> floofy floofy pico he get he his header was amazing and i'm like fontas just had his back to the service and was like what the hell well his first goal was just a uh, a nice little toe poke at the back post and and he oh, just he score both yeah i didn't realize that and so he just gets this nice little toe poke into the net and and that was annoying yeah it was very annoying but that wasn't on that wasn't on fontas that was no. zussi's uh coverage there this was a weird game where it was like, okay, well, we're up 2-0 and it's 2-1. You're like, okay, I still feel pretty good, but I, I no, like... you never feel good at 2-1. You know I, this. Right. Well, that's why I was like, you know, I feel like we're the way better team, but we've seen that too many times where it's only a one-goal difference and we, we drop points. So I was like, we, we kind of... Have you seen how handsome Tab Ramos is? He, he, <laughs> they can get it. They can come back. Just unexpected handsomeness. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> but then, you know, 57th minute, uh, Gadi Kinda who I thought it was interesting, Peter Vermees after the game said, I told Gotti, we need some production. We need some goals and assists. You're too good not to be getting on the score sheet. He uh, touches around the Houston keeper, just finds an easy open net shot, puts it away, does a backflip. I always worry you're going to tear your meniscus or something. Because then... sometimes his backflips are sloppy as hell. Sometimes he doesn't <laughs> land them. And I'm like, what are you, dude? Okay, there goes your MCL, ACL, you know. Yeah. Terrible. But... But he's like, I see your production, and I raise you one more on the stat sheet with an assist and a goal this freaking game. Yeah, Gotti just, you know, finally getting getting, – he's he's so talented, and we've all known he's so talented. But But how cheeky is he to try a backheel pass all the time? Don't you just laugh? Because it never works out. And it's like, we see what you're trying to do. Why are you why are you like that? (laughs) Yeah, it's – he's sometimes a little too skillful on the ball for his own good. But um, so we're up three, one feeling good. 
And then uh, it was actually Fafa Picot who had the um, the assist on the second goal. He sent in the cross, and it was Darwin Quintero who had the That's header. That's right. I knew Floofy was was part of it at one point. <laughs> but, you, you know, you're right. It's just, you know, not marked overly well. Quintero gets a little bit too easy of a run into the box, just gets behind Fontas, and, hey, it's a good header. Drove it down into the ground opposite post, so good for him. Yeah, I think Fontas just lost it in hell of a service. So, I mean, it's just – at that point now it's like what three two man now it's like holy shit yeah are we gonna tie these jabronis like this is not good well then we got a little vintage johnny russell we did which was just wild in like the 90th 91st minute 90th minute and this was this was truly like old school johnny russell his first year with sporting where he takes the ball runs down the right side of the field splits a couple of defenders gets near that touchline and somehow from an insane angle puts it just past Nelson it. and just curls it inside the post and just it makes it four, two acted like it was nothing. And, and that defender just got caught. He's like, Oh, I'm going to bump this guy and I'm going to foul him in the box. So I have to mm-hmm. let him go around me. He just Olayed the dude. Yep. Just let him go. And just, I mean, told, this is not an easy angle and he nailed it. Why, you know, why couldn't that defender just have moved his feet? Like <laughs> I wouldn't argue. I would argue that, you know, Johnny's not the fastest dude on the field. He is quick, but like those defenders have longer legs. They should be right. able to move in front of a, a striker, you know? Right. So it's crazy. Johnny's agility just surprises me sometimes, man. 4-2 SKC defeats uh, both Texas teams, takes the full six points, temporarily took control of first place in the West before Seattle beat up on Colorado later. Uh, you know, we're a um, couple of points back from Seattle, 54 to 52. We've played one more game, so they'll catch up to us over the next couple week break that we have off. No game until October 17th, but they have a game in this week off. Yeah, they do. They're making up for it the, because they had leagues cup and all sorts right. of stupid stuff. But um you know, after the game, the question was, okay, is Daniel Shallow going to start getting some notice from, especially from the national media? He's got 16 goals, all non-penalty kick goals, which yes, all goals count for the same on the score sheet. But if you're talking most valuable player, I would argue that goals from open play are probably more indicative of a player of value than penalty kick goals. I agree, dude. It's not just putting a ball on a tee and, and, you know, hitting it out of the park or whatever. He's doing more skillful situations. I just, I wish they didn't take that into account, but all they're looking at is numbers, man. And that's not how it should be. Well, to be fair, the, the guy who's probably going to win at Carlos Keel, um, he, he still, you know, he's not hurt anymore, right? He's back. No, I don't think he's, I think he's fine, but well, he doesn't have, he's got what five goals. So it's not a lot. He's, he's leading the league in assists, but he's also leading the league in key passes. He is, the engine of that new England team. Who's probably yeah. going to break the record for most points in this season. Yeah. So he's the, he, he's the, the maestro. I mean, the conductor there. Absolutely. That if he wins MVP, more power to him. Like that's hard to argue, but a lot of games left still, not a lot. There's a few games left still and uh, anything could happen. So I, I, I can't sit here and complain if, if he wins it over Daniel shallowly. What I what I would complain about is if Daniel Shallowy wasn't in the top three, at least in the vote getting. Well, and Daniel doesn't need this. I'd like to think, well, it sounds like he wants it. A lot of people are like, I don't care about these accolades. I just want a trophy. But mm-hmm. Daniel has flat out said, yeah, I'm going for it. He said he I, wants that it. That surprised me. That surprised me, dude, because every other player 
doesn't really talk about that stuff. Even Peter, he's like, we just, you know, we want a trophy. And Daniel's like, yeah, but there's this other trophy. Because, <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he's talked about it before after the Minnesota game where he's like, it's really fun for me and the fans to be in this conversation. And then he said again, uh, you know, after uh, the Houston game, I hope that my goals can take me as far as possible in the golden boot race and the MVP race. I have a chance for it. And I think this is the year where I can challenge for those awards. So that's uh, cool. Peter. I asked him a question and um, they even play the answer to this question on the extra time uh, episode that dropped on, on Monday. I have not they listened did. to it yet at the time you of this recording. <laughs> People were all up in Weeb- Weeby's mentions on, on Monday, pissed at him because he was, he poked the SKC bear a little bit. Uh, yeah. But but now Peter, that he lives here, people were like, all right, we'll be at your front <laughs> step soon, mother effa. <laughs> Peter basically said, you know, he, I asked him about why is Daniel Shallowy underestimated nationally, seemingly? And he goes, it's par for the course with our club. The simple way to put it is pundits criticize us as if we're a super club. We're not a super club. I'm here to admit that we're a small market. We don't spend the kind of money that people do on players in this league. So that's fair. They criticize us like we're a super club, but they don't give the credit to the players when they play well. I'm not here crying about it. At the end of the day, I don't really care if Daniel gets the MVP great at the end. Well, all we want is to win a trophy. We'll just keep working toward that. It's not a complaint. It's been like that, by the way, since I played here. Yeah. And that little nineties right there, man, that little, you know, he kind of, as as I recall, he kind of ended his answer and then he came back and threw that in. It was like, Oh, by the way, it's been like that ever since. So you you ought to ask him, to get on this podcast dude because he could really <laughs> he could really open things up man i'm just yeah. saying he's got nothing holding him back he's not gonna get fined on here i'm not gonna yeah. find you and uh he can bring his cup of wine with him too yes dude i will <laughs> i'll get a chalice of, of juice we could have a we could have a thing man but i don't know it's seriously make it happen i <laughs> we're working on it uh i just you know clearly this is something that has Peter's never going to be one to complain. And he was like, look, I'm answering your question. You asked, he didn't bring this up, which is totally fair. Yeah. But he's like, you asked it. So I'm going to take the opportunity. They, you did, you did they, well, you baited him. <laughs> it's well, I created a whole bunch of content for MLSsoccer.com and, and you did the lead you probably, podcast. You probably got shout out. So, well, it's not quite how they do it. They don't do that. They just but, take it and, and put it <laughs> on their website. Okay. But you know, it's, uh, it's clearly something that, he's aware of and that the team's aware of and even uh you know johnny russell said that he's aware of it too so right anyway man we have an interview with seth sinovic coming is he up. here so is he in the waiting room let's uh let's go ahead and kick it on over to seth sinovic all right all right y'all we'll be back with seth sinovic Welcome back to Miller the Pod, everyone. We teased it a little bit earlier, or we put it in the episode title, so this is no surprise whatsoever. Uh, you guys, we have Seth Sinovic here, who has uh, been so gracious to dedicate a little bit of his time and tell us some fun stories and, uh, you know, reminisce on his great soccer career. So, Seth, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man, we're so happy you're here. Uh, you know, uh, we, we miss you. You know, Kansas City, it's a it's been the Seth Sinovic club for as long as I've been a fan, really. And, uh, you know, man, what uh, what went into your your recent retirement decision? 
Well, first off, I miss you guys too. Uh, no, it's uh, it's been a long, long career, career I'm very proud of. But uh, in the end, you know, I just didn't want to keep, you know, chasing chasing the dream when I knew things were probably coming to an end, and I didn't want to keep moving my family around and uh, kind of given a lot of uncertainty with the fam family. So, um, like I said, it's it's a career I'm very proud of. I've had a lot of people. Um, helped me along the way to get to where I've been able to get to and uh, very thankful for that. But, you know, in the end, it's, uh, it was the right time. I think everybody would love to play forever, but it's just not in the cards. So. You had uh, quite the MLS career, you know, came into the league in 2010, uh, started with the revolution, spent a couple of years there. Then obviously uh, most of your time was, was here in Kansas city with, you know, your quote unquote hometown club. So what's, what's it like for you to look back now at, at the stage of your life and, and just, you know, wrapping up your career and um, to know that you had such a long and, and accomplished career, especially here in Kansas City? It's crazy how it happened, to be honest. Um, I was drafted second round in New England and thought I had a pretty decent uh, rookie campaign. I played 20 games. I think I started 18 and played 20 or 22 games my, my rookie year and mm -hmm. came back expecting to kind of grow off of that. And um uh, was humbled very quickly when I got released by by New England about two months into the season, I think. And to be completely honest, I didn't really want to sign with Kansas City at the time because Kansas City was um, known as a struggling club, and I didn't really know much about the new ownership that took over and and what the plans were going forward. But it's funny how that works out. Sometimes you get you get cut, and then you get picked up by a team that, in, in hindsight, I, I didn't want to go to originally, but turned out to be the best thing that could have ever happened to me and to be able to play for nine years in my my hometown I mean I'm Kansas City born and raised I went to Wizards and Wiz games growing up I, I remember the early days and um, it's been awesome to be a part of the club and um, to be a part of a lot of success um, that, that sporting's had over the last decade plus. Well man getting into your you know career and, and kind of growing up with soccer um, go through college and everything like that did you ever imagine did you envision that you'd play as long as you did or do you think you're uh, hanging it up too soon or, or is this just, uh, you know, you got championships, hometown club. I mean, a lot of memories I've made, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I, I would imagine that at some point everybody has like a, as a young kid, a dream to play professionally or, mm -hmm. you know, I still remember, you know, being in the driveway, taking that last second shot thing. And I was Michael Jordan or like out in the backyard kicking goals in and, you know, thinking I'm Ronaldo or Messi or Pele or whoever, you know, everybody dreams it, but to have it become a reality is, it's just crazy. Like there's so many things that have to go your way. Like I said, I got, I got cut by new England and, you know, I'm going through a month, month long period of trying to figure out where I'm going to land. And, you know, I, maybe I never play again. I don't know. And then all of a sudden I get picked up by Kansas city and things start to turn in my direction. And it was just great timing. And, don't get me wrong. A lot of, a lot of hard work goes into it, but, um, man, I, I, you always dream of it, but you never really, you never really know how it's going to go. And I'm just so thankful for the opportunity that I've had, um, to be able to have played as long as I have. You know, you talked about when you signed with sporting KC, there was this new ownership group. And so you were here helping open a brand new stadium. Um, and, and it was really the turning point for the club. Like you said, it was kind of a struggling club, um, there's this rebrand that's happening, uh, brand new stadium. And 
you basically spent the bulk of your career with you know Peter Vermees and 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 his staff and and the core of players that in, involves yourself building Sporting KC into to what it is today. Um, you penned a very heartfelt letter to SKC fans that was published on Sporting's website. Uh, and, and SKC fans, you know, SKC is a club. We like to think of us as like this family. And I'm sure every club across the league thinks of themselves as a family. But can you just describe what what the club and, and this fan base in particular, like Cauldron, the South Stand and everything sort of has meant to you in your career? Sure. Yeah. The, I mean, I, I think I tried to do my best with the letter. It's it's really difficult to um, to write a letter culminating your entire career and basically um, a retirement uh, and trying to thank as many people as you can. And I, I know I missed people and the thank yous. I, 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 I felt like I wrote a book, um, relative <laughs> to other retirement letters, but, uh, I, I know I still missed people. And that's, that's just a testament of how lucky I am and how many people I've been able to come across in my career. But, um, yeah, it's just, man, it's, it's hard to describe how much sporting has meant to me um, as a club and an, as an organization. And like you said, I came in at a perfect time. We had a rebranding. We had the new stadium coming in. We had an ownership group that was wanting to invest a ton into the club. And it just seemed to be this perfect storm to where we were getting results early on as a team. We had a great fan base that was behind us and we, which gave us one of the greatest home field advantages in the league we had an unbelievable stadium and then an ownership group that i think truly gets it like they're i know that one of their biggest things coming into coming into it was building that fan experience and trying to connect the fans with the club and they couldn't have done it more perfectly so it was just this perfect storm of everything seemingly going right and um not to say that it was easy or anything like that uh, by anybody i think it really took everybody that was involved to to really create this awesome organization that I think everybody in the league would say is one of, if not the best organizations in the league. And when you signed and, and helped open that stadium, you probably couldn't have imagined that just a couple of years later, you'd be standing on that very field on a freezing day, but hoisting MLS cup. Sure. And the funny thing is I, uh, before I signed with sporting, I was on a two or three week trial with Salt Lake and I really wanted to sign there and I thought I was going to sign there. Um, and then it kind of comes full circle and end up beating them in the MLS Cup. So that was kind of fun. That's awesome. You know, they, uh, one of the things we loved when you were uh, with sporting, Jimmy and I would always, every time, every year, it seemed like they would bring someone new in to challenge you at left back. And I'm just like, man, Seth has got to be pissed. Like he's got to be tired of winning his spot back. And, and we would talk about the new guy or guys and we, we would say, what are we even talking about him for? Like Seth's just going to, it's going to be Seth, right? And it always was, man. And I guess my question to you is, uh, what, what's your feeling when like another player uh, supposedly supposed to be better than you or challenge you uh, comes in to take your spot? What are you feeling uh, in that moment? I mean, pissed off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, yeah. Over my entire career with sporting, I uh, – I was told once going into the uh, preseason that I was, that it was my spot. Like I, not that I wasn't going to compete with anybody, but like I was going into the year that they had me like pinned in as the, as the left back. So I had that one, one time throughout my career. So sure. I'm, I'm pissed off, but at the same time, like 
I'm so thankful for that too, because that was an incredible motivating factor for me. And while it's not all like, you know, rosy and I'm not always happy all the time or anything like that, I've got, you know, people that I can vent to like Matt Beasler. I've known for, I've known Bees forever and man, that guy is, that guy's heard me vent over the years for sure. And he's, <laughs> he's kind of helped me, helped me in check and um, kind of, you know, same thing every year. It's like, Hey, you've been through this before. Let's, let's get it. Uh, you know what to do. So, I mean, that's all you can really do. But I, I think it's not in me to be a bad teammate or wish, wish uh, poorly on anybody or any competition. So like I try to do my best to be the best teammate I can and try to help everybody succeed as much as possible at the same time. You know, I know it's a competition for that individual playing spot. So um, long story short, it was more of a motivating factor than anything I would say. Yeah. So nothing personal, just uh, no. business really. And no, I, yeah. And the, the thing that's, it's hard sometimes because, you know, it is personal because it's our, it's our career. It's our livelihood. We're trying to support our families. We're trying to do everything we can to have the most successful career possible. Um, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to be that guy that just brings the team down because that, that defeats the purpose. And that's not, again, that's not in my, um, that's not in my makeup. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's never personal. It's the, the club is doing everything they can and doing what they think is best to give the, the, the team the best chance to succeed. And I understand that it's still, it's frustrating sometimes, but I, I get it for sure. So was there any, uh, was there any one guy that kind of had you worried about getting that spot back? And I, like Jimmy Madronda, Marcel de Jong, Rodney Wallace, Christian Lobato, uh, any of those ever kind of worry a little bit like, man, this guy's going to um, challenge me. I wouldn't say anybody really worried myself, worried me more than anybody. Um, I think Marcel probably had the biggest name uh, coming in. So mm -hmm. that was maybe somebody I was more aware of. And that was particularly frustrating, I think, because I think I had just come off of being voted like defender of the year for sporting. And um, so that was a little frustrating, but at the same time, that's, that's just, I don't know. I, I, I thrive on the competition as, as frustrating as it is sometimes. And like I said, I think that makes me a better player. So, um, and I know that's what Peter's trying to do. He's trying to bring in the best competition to make everybody better at what they are. Um, but uh, no, it was, it was the same thing in games. You know, I, I, I enjoyed playing against the best of the best. Um, like Carlos Vela, I, I loved playing against that guy. He, he got me quite a few times, but he's fun playing. <laughs> I like, I like the challenge. So. Sure. He's gotten quite a few guys over, over the years. Yeah, so that's, that's true. <laughs> that's not anything to be ashamed of. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned bees, but you were really part of, of uh, we call it sort of this core group of players who, who stuck with SKC and were around for, for a number of years, you know, Beasler yourself, Zussi, uh, Roger, you know, he, he went to Europe, but came back, Benny was there. And, and then Tim sort of has, has come and established himself as a core guy too. Um, what's it like to stick with such a talented core group of players uh, for as long as you did in a sport that's not necessarily, especially on the international level, but even here in MLS, it's, it's, it's more rare in soccer for players to stick with a single club as long as a lot of you guys did. So what was that like for you just to have this, this group that stuck with the club? It, it was awesome. I mean, and you know, obviously a lot, all those guys have had success on the field or they wouldn't have been playing and staying with sporting as long as they have, but um, they're, this is so cliche to say, but they're, they're better, better people than they are players. It's, it was an awesome group. And, um, you know, you don't always get that in professional sports. I don't think, uh, 
because everybody, again, it's a, you're trying to support yourself. You're trying to support your family. You're trying to make a career out of it. Um, but we had this very unique combination of great players, motivated players, team oriented players. Um, and that's just, that's just an awesome thing to have. So it was, it was great to have success with those guys for as long as, as long as we did. And uh, I still keep in touch with all those guys and um, in close contact. And I, I throw Ike Opar into that mix too. Um, Ike was really an important core player as well. So. Yeah, of course. Everybody, I mean, to this day, SKC fans still love Ike. And any, anytime we'd see him playing against, you know, SKC with Minnesota, you know, cheers from the crowd, huge ovation. So uh, is it weird for you to see Beasler playing in a non-sporting KC jersey? Uh, a little bit, but I, I kind of, well, I, I had some injury issues last year, so I kind of can relate to what he was doing. Um, but I, I'm happy for him too. I know, uh, I know he enjoys the club down there. I know he enjoys, um, what they have going on down there. I'm, I'm sure he misses Kansas city at the same time, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, sometimes it's nice to have a little, uh, at least from my experience, nice to kind of, um, I don't know. It, it, playing in your hometown for me, uh, as much as I loved it, is also difficult. I put a lot of pressure on myself to have success um, for my friends, for my family. Um, there, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that mentally. And uh, having a year away from that, uh, while it was extremely disappointing and I was extremely sad to leave sporting, there was kind of a weight off my shoulders, I guess, um, to a certain degree. So I hope, I hope Matt had that same experience. For sure. Seth, let's shift for a second. Uh, we've all seen times when, uh, you know, someone gets on Vermees's bad side. All right. And uh, it's not, it's not pretty. I'm sure we've all seen the uh, F off GIFs uh, <laughs> with them to Vancouver, but uh, was there ever a time where you got on his bad side and maybe he blew up on you or uh, were you, did you kind of fly under his radar and never, never push his buttons or anything? I, I would argue that I got yelled at by Vermees more than any player in my <laughs> year career, uh, or 11 year career, but nine years of sporting. And I would, I would venture to guess that a lot of guys would back me up on that. Um, no, I, I, I think, I think Peter obviously has a very intense side to him. Um, but he also, I think understands, uh, players makeup. And I think he understands guys that, he, he, I think he understands how to manage certain players in a good way. And, um, you know, I, for whatever reason, that's something I can handle. And that didn't really, that didn't really get to me too much. So, um, yeah, I, I, I had my fair share of, uh, yelling at by, uh, by Peter. So. Especially when you're on that left backside. And so, you know, yeah. you're running up and down the field and he's <laughs> within earshot of you, you know, every time you run up and down, I'm sure he's got something to say. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, yeah. Definitely. There's definitely <laughs> something to say. I mean, he's, that's, but that's just his makeup. Like it, not even like in a bit, not in a bad way at all. Like he's just like, he's so hands-on with everything he does. And that's, that's what makes him such a great coach is he's, he's very hands-on. He puts the time in off the field, but like he, he sees the game in a really good way. And he's trying to implement that to the players on the field. And obviously the wingers and the outside backs get the, the full brunt of that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I think as time got, went on, you just kind of tone a little bit of it out during the games, but, um, uh, at the same time, like I said, he's pretty intense. So it's hard to, hard to <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you know, 
you came into the league in 2010 MLS and Sporting KC as a club itself have both evolved quite a bit since, since you first started in the league, you know, there's been how God, you know, God knows how many expansion teams have joined MLS since, since you've uh, come into the league and uh, you know, investments in players and rosters has increased. So what do you make of how the league has changed or how SK, SKC has even evolved, you know, over your time in the league and, and sort of where the league and the club is now compared to 11, 12 years ago? Yeah, I think the, the league has grown dramatically, um, not only in you know, revenue and money spent on players, but also in the talent level, um, which obviously directly correlates with, <laughs> uh, with the money being spent. Um, yeah, it's improved quite a bit. I, I'd be curious to see what that 2013 MLS Cup team would do in this league right now, because, um, you know, that, that team was very athletic, very physical, um, all about winning battles, pressing high up the field. And I think it's hard to do that on a regular basis in this league because the talent is so much better. Um, and you can see that sporting's adapted with that sporting's turned into more of a possession team and they do press, they put, they put pressure on the ball, especially, um, in their half of the field, but I don't think you can afford uh, to always press as high up the field. And, you know, you look at teams like, you know, Red Bulls, who that was their, that was their mantra. They always wanted to press like crazy. And, you know, they went from being supporter shield winners to slowly kind of falling down the table a little bit because I think the league's kind of caught up. And um, so, it, yeah, the league's evolved. I think it's become a more possession-based league. I think it's been become a more skillful league. Um, I think it's got a little ways to go to catch up to some of the bigger leagues in the world, but um, it's exciting to see the progression that that's being made with NMLS. Nice. Seth, we've had uh, we've had Johnny Russell, Daniel Shallowy, Ilya uh, on the podcast in the past, and we've always asked him about uh, locker room stuff. Uh, you know, fans want that peek behind the curtain. You know, what what's uh, what are the pranks like? You know, what what do you guys what kind of music's going on in there? When you were with SKC, uh, you know, can you think of if, if there was a biggest prankster on the team, and uh, is there anything in particular you remember that stands out to you? Oh man, there's been quite a few pranksters. Uh, this may be more of a recency bias, but I would say Johnny's probably one of the bigger pranksters. Uh, Johnny's, uh, Johnny's, Johnny's an awesome locker room guy. And as you can probably imagine from being captain on the team, everybody likes Johnny. Johnny can get under your skin sometimes because he, uh, yeah, he's not afraid to kind of press buttons, but, um, he does it in the best way, best way possible. He's an awesome locker room guy. And, he's probably the top, top prankster. I'd have to think about it a little bit more as far as the <laughs> past years, but yeah. Sure. Kind of wondered if Benny was in that conversation a little bit. I uh, know Benny's he... Benny. I've grown to appreciate Benny over the years, but Benny's more of like, Benny just likes to talk. Like he just <laughs> not, not like, not like talking trash or anything like that. He just likes to talk and be heard no matter what it is. And more often than not, it's related to fantasy football, but um, <laughs> yeah, Benny's got opinions and he's not afraid to, not afraid to share them. Nice. Um, you know, what's, what's something about you or your career that, you know, at, at this point in your career, when you're, you've retired and you're looking back, like what's something that people might not know or, or might not consider that you really want them to know, or, or you want them to look at more and appreciate more that, that you think might go a little bit unnoticed? Well, that's a tough question. Um, like dig deep, man. Jeez. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 for me, what I, what I want to be known for, and I don't know if this is what it is or 
right now or, or whatnot, but I always want to be known for one. I want to be known for being a good teammate. I think that's extremely important in finding success in a, uh, building a culture in an organization. And I want to be known as a winner. Like that's, that's, I don't care about statistics. I never have, like, I love scoring goals. I love getting assists and all that stuff. But like, if I win, I genuinely do not care about statistics. Like that's all I want to do is win. I, I, I'm, I'm super competitive. I may seem kind of like quiet, but like on and off the field, like I'm super competitive. Like that, those are, those are probably the three main things. Um, and I hope, I hope everybody knows how much, this is one thing, I guess, how much sporting does off the field from a, um, charitable standpoint. Sporting is an awesome organization with that, um, helping players to get involved, um, and the things they do with the victory project and things like that. Sporting is a really, really great organization when it comes to that. So I hope everybody knows that as well. You know, I'll say something about that real fast. Uh, I was speaking to a buddy today. I was like, hey, talking to Sessanovic tonight. Should I ask him anything in particular? And he's like, you know, Seth is just like the best dude because he had a friend uh, whose daughter was the Victory Project honoree. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, Seth Sinovic just stayed an extra hour just to hang out. And I'm like, why is Sessanovic so nice? What's that about? <laughs> what the heck, man? Just you just uh, you just like doing it, right? I mean, it's just, it's not even a job. You're just enjoying it, right? Yeah, I mean, we it, we get to play soccer for a living, and somehow you know people and kids think we're cool for doing it. So I mean, what what more can you ask for? And um, I think it would be selfish of, selfish of us not to um, embrace that and give back in that in that regard. And like I said, sporting is an awesome organization when it comes to that stuff. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's so many guys on the team and I, I don't want to single people out uh, because I feel like I'd be leaving other people out by singling them out. But like Zeus, is an awesome guy. Like Tim Mealy is an awesome guy. Ilya is one of the most generous, nicest people you'll ever meet. There's just so many good people that are invited that are involved in the sporting organization, not only from players, but you know um, you know, ev- everywhere from top to bottom. So. Yeah, it's a great well, club. We, we know you spoke about a little bit on the Sporting KC show with uh, Nate and Allie yeah. last week, I think. And, uh, you know, what's what's next for Seth Sinovic, man? I know you got you got Failhaber getting into coaching. Ilya and Roger are looking at that stuff as well. Does that kind of thing ever interest you? Ever thought about broadcasting with Jacob Peterson and his gorgeous hair he cut off? Or <laughs> what, what are you thinking? Uh, I can't compete with Jake's hair. I can tell you that. <laughs> um uh, no, I, right now, uh, I just started a new job at, uh, area real estate advisors. I'm a commercial real estate broker, um, uh, and I'm, uh, in an industrial division. Um, so, you know, buying, selling, uh, tenant rep, um, that type of thing for leasing. And I, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I will stay involved with soccer to some degree. I will stay involved with sporting to some degree. I just love soccer. love the club too much not to, um, as far as coaching goes, I don't think I'll do it at a high level. Um, I've got a two year, almost two year old, and I know I want to get involved with her. Um, and I will be very passive and just kind of enjoying the moment type of thing. I'm not going to get competitive with her. Um, but yeah, I I just, I just want to be able to be involved in my kids' lives, uh, lives and, um, my daughter's life. If we have more kids, um, then I want to be involved in my kids' lives and my family's life. And, uh, that's really important to me. And that's something my parents did. And, uh, we're a very tight knit family, the Snowbicks. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. 
Awesome. It's awesome. Well, I know you said before we let you go here, you said that, that you weren't a huge stat chaser. You know, you just want to win. Uh, you did have a few goals over the course of your career, one in, one in regular season play and I think two in, in, in the playoffs. And even though they, they don't typically come from the left back spot, it had to feel good to put the ball in the back of the net a few times. Yeah, it was awesome. It's, it's, uh, it's almost, to be completely honest, uh, it's two of my goals were basically the exact same goal, the one against Colorado and the one against New England, the kind of half volley shots. And like, it almost feels better to hit a ball that cleanly as it does to actually have the ball go in the net. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know, it just feels good, but yes, it is good to score a couple goals. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. People ask me what my favorite moment was. My favorite moment is MLS Cup after uh, was it Lavelle Palmer missed hit the crossbar on that one. Like, I'll take that moment over the the, the uh, feeling of scoring the goal any day because that the, the championship moments are awesome. I, I love those and uh, wish I could have had a few more. Very awesome, cool. Seth. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your week to to talk with us. Um, yeah. Thank you for everything you've done for not only the league, but sporting Kansas city. Um, you know, we'd all like to see you stay in touch with the club and maybe one day we'll, uh, we'll see Seth Sinovic honored up in the sporting legends ring up there. That would be cool. Thanks for having me guys. Uh, <laughs> and very nice meeting you guys and hopefully uh, see you have some sporting games sometime. Awesome. Likewise, man. Thank you, Thank sir. You. Take care. Have a good night guys. You too. Bye. That's Sinovic, everybody. Best friends. <laughs> just insane. Seth is just a genuinely nice person. Uh, you know, have we had someone on here? Okay, it's we haven't had anyone on here that's not a nice person, but like, no, there are the Seth Sinovics and the Iliés that you're just like, well, you have no business being this nice to me. <laughs> like, we're just weird dudes. Like, we don't get paid for this. You know, we right. just enjoy it. So it's. Yeah pretty cool and i i think we got some good you know commentary from him if you will i yeah would have liked a juicy peter for story but sound, <laughs> sounds like there wasn't anything in particular maybe that he just got yelled at in general <laughs> yeah i mean it's not surprising i guess when you think about it you know and i didn't realize it until he was answering when he's like yeah i probably got yelled at by peter more than anybody and i was like i guess Thought that makes that. sense running up and down that left side mm-hmm. at least for a half you're just getting an earful every single time i think up and peter down has said that before that he yells at Seth like crazy. So it's, yeah. And, you know, he talked about how it was tough to have, you know, Marcel De Jong or Rodney Wallace or whoever it is come in and just try to take his spot. You know, De Jong came in with one of the, the strongest legs in the league, man. That mm-hmm. dude could boot a ball to the heavens. But for Seth to, uh, you know, it's, I keep going back to iron sharpens iron. Right. All right. So when I'm, when I'm playing rec soccer, I don't want to play against good people. All right. Cause I'm not that great. And I like to win. I like to win, but everyone's like, don't you want to challenge? And I'm like, okay, you sound like the FIFA uh, computer when it's like, Hey, you've scored a lot of goals. Do you want to up you've your won seven zero 23 times in a row? And I'm like, no, don't up my difficulty. I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> but in this sense, you know, iron sharpens iron. They brought these people into challenge Seth, and it probably made him better. Probably right yeah and, and i think he he can appreciate that now but i i mean i can imagine that like you're you know i didn't realize that there was literally one time in his entire career when they're like okay it's it's your spot this year just but, one. so 
I can, I mean, it's what, 10 years with SKC just about. So what about the other years where it's just like, well, it's not guaranteed. So go fight. I imagine that like, you know, you look at Sestinovic stats and, you know, just you you can see where the two uh, Marcel de Jong years are in there because his minutes do take a little bit of a dip. And then and then he comes back and you're like, oh nope, never mind. Seth Sinovic, he still got it on lockdown, even though he had 2015, 2016, or a little bit uh, you know, down years. And then 2017, 32 starts, 2,900 minutes, you know. Yeah. That's when he got his regular season goal and a couple of assists. And it's just like, damn, like this guy, he just is relentless in his ability to compete and come back and fight for a spot. And it's I'm sure he now looks back on it and is like made me better but at the time it's just like you gotta be kidding me well what a career right maybe he didn't even know if he would uh you know make this a career you know he kind of spoke about it had dreams and aspirations and stuff likes to play a little basketball it sounds like but uh <laughs> you know for him to finally decide that uh he's, he's done moving his family around and it's not like he was an mls journeyman or anything no, like that it's just in the past couple of years there has been a couple of different teams with like new England. And then we didn't even touch on the time when we left him unprotected in the, in the draft yeah. and he got taken by Montreal. I think so. Yeah. And, and then, flipped. but wasn't Montreal, wasn't he Seth probably like, didn't he say, I don't want to be in Montreal. And so uh, they worked out a deal to like trade Seth back and yeah. he gave them Davey Arnault. Davey Arnault. I don't know. Who was that? It wasn't Davey Arnault. What are you? What you think? I'm just making shit up. You think I'm just? Why would I make it up? Well, you know, it is Davy Arno. Oh my God! I told you I'm fucking smart. I freaking <laughs> I know things, man. No one ever listens to me. No one takes me seriously because I'm goofy all the time. And now I say Davy Arno. We're celebrating. Let's <laughs> look. That was 12 years ago. A lot has happened since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I got the memory of a fucking elephant. Yeah, so you're hey, right. Seth said the word pissed. Seth was pissed off. He did, yes. I love it. Correct. I he did it. say that. I thought it was interesting. I was like, there is an alternate universe out there where Seth Sinovic was on the losing end of the 2013 MLS Cup because he signed with Real Salt Lake. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. <laughs> is that an episode of Marvel's What If? Probably. <laughs> He's a, there's a variant Seth, Seth out there. With RSL. <laughs> a variant, yes. So I, I are mean, dorks who like Marvel. <laughs> it's just it's cool that he's like, I mean, yeah, I didn't actually want to sign with Sporting because they were this, you know, nothing what? club, and and you know, I wanted to sign with RSL, and then two years later, here you are in your hometown hoisting MLS Cup in in a front club of RSL that in front of RSL on a club on a team that he thinks could challenge modern MLS teams, which might be a tall order, but. Nah, it's a pretty talented club, though. I mean, it was. It was. Man, that's wild. So, so fun. Uh, yeah, thanks again to Seth and and really donating his time to us. Like he didn't have to do that. He's not under contract with Sporting by right. any means. This was him doing two nerdy fans a favor. So, absolutely. So, shout out to Seth Sinovic. Uh, maybe one day we'll see you as a Sporting legend. So, that'd be crazy. You said that, and he kind of like his eyes lit up like, man, that'd be, that'd be crazy. You know, you know, he's, there's not any one season that would do it, but I, I think I could make a legitimate case that he deserves to be up there because of how much he's given to this club and how much he stuck around. And he just was a consistent presence in yeah. the most important 10 year span in club's history. I have 
I'd love to have him back on though. I have more questions now that I think of it. Like, like <laughs> I, it'd be nice to know, like, Hey, were you uh, jealous of your best friend, Matt Beasler being the poster boy, you know, <laughs> like he was all Beasler was all over everything, dude, commercials yeah. and billboards. And Seth just gets to be quiet. You know, he sounds like he's just happy for bees. So, yeah. And maybe he likes to fly under the radar like that. Just punch the clock and go home, you know? Yeah. No need so. to be on freaking advertisements. That's <laughs> just a longer work day. That's true. That's true. Um, let's, you know, we're, we're, we're going over time a little bit, but let's let's get at least a couple of questions in from our fans. We had quite, quite a few questions this week, so I apologize if we can't, can't get to all of them. Oh, dude, um, speed, rapid questions. Let's do it. Brody Saber says, how are you feeling about uh, Jose Mari? About a month into his tenure, seems like he caught on pretty fast and PV has had no issue making him an instant starter. Oh, I like him. I watch him and he's so calm on the ball mm-hmm. and the steals and the passes are on point. It's like, just throw away his first game because that's not fair that he even played that game no. in LA. Yeah. It's like, it's weird that he was even asked to do that. So <laughs> I like him a lot. Yeah. He's, he's a solid number six, especially when Ilya is back there playing center back. He's got some on the ball skills. You saw him do that little turn in this last game where he, you know, oh, yeah. a little nice little spin there and got some oohs and ahs from the crowd. So oohs, oohs and ahs, like a freaking <laughs> circus. Hey, let me ask you this. You said Ilya, playoffs here. Playoffs are here. Okay. Think about mm-hmm. it. We're fast forward and playoffs are here. Ilya or Easy at center back? That's how we think about how we've been playing. Where's the lineup been? Does Easy just come right in? That's well, that's a question that, you know, Pacific Northwest SKC oh, supporters did I just asked steal us. It? So, so I didn't they, read the questions. I, we are on the same <laughs> wavelength. I didn't read the shit. This is awesome. A Pacific Northwest SKC supporter says when EC is healthy, how quickly do you put him back in the starting 11? And what does that do to the current midfield rotation? Especially oh, if Mari is a six, but Ilya is also a six. So, I mean, it sounds like Ilya would go to bench, but I don't think, uh, I think EC has to go in one. He makes a lot of money Two, He's tall as hell. He's tall. He's very athletic. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he can, he's got more pace than uh, either Ilya or Fontes does. Now, Ilya and Fontes have partnered very well back there. So I don't think it's like literally the first moment EC's remotely healthy, they throw him in. I think they'll be able to ease him back in there. We don't really have any true sixes outside of Mari and Ilya. I know Remy Voltaire has played at the six, but he really has been settling in a little bit more to that number eight and have Roger come off the bench. Um, Peter says Voltaire is more of a, a eight first and a six secondarily. So I don't hate having Ilya sort of come in as a six off the bench in the, you know, 60, 70th minute, somewhere around there and can really start pulling the strings if Jose Mari gets a little tired. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have when you have three capable center backs or multiple capable midfielders. I'd rather have that issue than, um, than the opposite. But it is interesting that, like, we don't even consider Roberto Puncic anymore for playing time. Bro, he was on the billboard or he was on the Jumbotron saying like, I'm Roberto Punchets. I, you know, I, I share a Coke with section 112 or whatever it is. Go get your free <laughs> Coke. And I, and I, I couldn't help but be like, who's that guy? Like, <laughs> like, that's how it feels. It's like, damn, like he's just not existing. It's like, is he a center back? What is he? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what wow. happens. Uh, let's see a couple other here. Uh, you, thought, you thought I was segueing. You you thought I was going to be like, hey, here's a question. No, I thought dude. that was professional. That was a real question I had. <laughs> uh, Mansky, our boy Mansky says, uh, does Kuz have a signed Andreu Fontes jersey? 
I thought uh, I saw someone that looked like him in the men's room at the game, but didn't want to say hey to the wrong guy, especially while he's peeing. I have a little al- weird. I have already addressed <laughs> this in the comments, as you can see. Uh, very funny. Very funny that people continue to stalk me in the restrooms. But <laughs> it's the uh, Ian Siebert says it's the the official Dan Kuzer fan meeting spot, and yeah. um, you know. Allie wants to know why are all no other pod meet and greets in the bathroom? You know, Jimmy's up there and the, he has the press <laughs> conference bathroom where he likes to pee next to a, a suspended Timelia occasionally. But, uh, you know, come on down, Jimmy. The party's out here in the members club bathroom, my friend. <laughs> uh, let's, How do let's... you guys even know? Like, I have a mask on, which, by the way, no one else wears masks anymore, by the way. That's a thing of the past. It's yeah. not a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, USMNT pipeline says if we are able to get Lindsay and Polito, Polito's already kind of back, but let's say we get Lindsay Polito and possibly Hernandez back for the playoffs. Will this be the deepest squad Peter has ever had? Oh, we won't have Lindsay back for playoffs. Probably not. I mean, I think he was a six month thing, uh, when he got injured. So yeah, I think he's out for the season pretty much. I think you could still argue it's the deepest squad Peter's ever had, even without yes. Lindsay. Yes. But no doubt. And the fact that you can just throw Cam Duke back there and call it a day like that, that proved to be very valuable of a, of a skill set for him. Yeah. Last question here. Um, Thomas Farrow says, you know, the last double victory pod was done by Ku Solo. And rumor mm-hmm. has it, there's a great funny story about a possible guest co-host of your wife, Marissa. And he says oh he would God. love to hear that story this week. Did I not tell that story before when it happened? I don't know. I don't know. Did I just tell it to you and not on the pod? I don't know how he would know about this if you didn't tell it on the pod, but I think I said there was a story there. Maybe I never elaborated. Maybe. I don't know. Well, we tried. We tried to record a (laughs) podcast, dude, me and my wife. And uh, it's just, it's, I'll say this we have no problem communicating. We have no problem with our chemistry. You know, we have fun together, we laugh together. Uh, But when we got in front of a microphone, it, the chemistry was just like, gone it's and tough it's, it was very similar to when jimmy and i first started mm-hmm. like yes we know each other but do you know each other uh you know inflections and right. it's better now that we're on video and stuff like that but so we did a whole episode man we did a whole episode my wife marissa was very upset about it she's like that was so bad and i was like what do you mean it's i think it's, it's whatever it's fine we did something yeah. something is better than nothing we did it and uh She's like, I no, I don't want. I said, I won't release it if you don't want me to release it. And she didn't want me to. Yeah, um, I understand. Yeah, it was just, it was such a weird time. And uh, I was like, okay, let's not get emotional about it. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you for your help. <laughs> you know. And then I and just then went solo, and I uh, did a forty-minute episode. <laughs> that's where I'm at, dude. My, going solo now. That's where my, my bread and butter is. I'm pretty good. Riding solo out there like uh, Jason Derulo. <laughs> I, I was, I almost said chameleon there, but I was like, Oh, that's riding dirty. That's, that's a it. different one. It's not so low. That's dirty. Uh, no, I mean, it, it is tough. Like, like you said, the, you know, our first few episodes aren't even out there anymore. I don't think, but like, you scrubbed it's them. tough. <laughs> it's tough when you are not used to like queuing people up to be like, okay, now it's your turn to talk. And, and you have to get used to like, just verbal cues and and yeah. and when i tend to stop and, and when my cadence ends and vice versa and so I, it's it's a tough thing to learn we're yeah, still getting better for sure but that no it's it's been deleted it's in the recycle <laughs> bin and emptied it is gone i haven't even heard it so 
no need. It was just, it was different. Um, you know, I had to, you know, I kind of had to play the you role and I'm like, I'm, I'm not good at playing that role. So, yeah. well, you did a hell of a lot better at doing what, like a 38 or 40 minute solo episode than I ever could have done. I couldn't did you do listen it. to it. I did. It was really good. I couldn't right do it. it was. You're goddamn right. It was. I couldn't do it. I tried to do a nine, <laughs> 10 minute segment by myself one time and I stumbled through it and did it like four different times. Cause I could not do it. Oh my God. Daniel Kuzer in the morning. <laughs> you, you and uh, Colin Cowherd out there just doing solo shows. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, that'd be crazy. It's, it was hard. I, afterwards I was like, I think I need a lozenge. <laughs> um well thank you all for the questions we're way over time but just a la- last um, probably i don't know it feels like it's been we split this up into multiple recording sessions i feel like we're over an hour by a little bit but yeah maybe we uh we have some world cup qualifier games this week uh, first Ooh. one thursday i believe against jamaica so uh Ooh, we have a there young mister i was not there i was, there? I was oh, okay i'm just thinking about my my beach boy songs <laughs> Um, but we have uh jamaica and then panama on sunday um van halen song (laughs) young mr uh gianluca buzio has been called into the squad so right so if y'all don't have paramount plus and haven't been watching buzio now you got to get paramount plus to watch him on usa (laughs) yeah for real or is it on fox it's it's usa right uh well no the first one's on espn2 uh the panama games on paramount plus okay there you go so, also, if you're a big time soccer fan, you should probably already have Paramount Plus. Yeah. Next Wednesday yeah. against Survivor. Costa Rica is on ESPN too. But oh. or Survivor. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching Survivor, you know. Um, are you excited, I guess, to watch these? I mean, the Survivor? meaningful games. Not well, oh, the, I know you're excited Palmer. for Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> My mind went elsewhere. I was like, are we done? Uh I, you know, I kind of am because it's meaningful, right? It matters now. And so you get three games, man. They're playing we'll talk about next week's next week, but you're talking Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of exciting. And even though we're not able to watch SKC this week at all, uh, we get to watch an SKC player that just played for us this year. So, well, and you know, bear altar was on a little bit of the hot seat going into, uh, the, the, um, Honduras game, I believe it was. Yeah. Well, Sunday's going to be rough by the way, because chiefs play at like the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So I don't know. It's Baralter. I would say needs a pretty good showing in these three games. That's uh, true. If if the team underwhelms again, what we cannot afford as a national team or uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation is to go through another World Cup cycle with questions about do we have a coach or not. That would not be good at all. And that'll so. be that'll be rough. Sunday there's a there's a Woso game at at home, mm-hmm. and then Chiefs play Sunday night football, and then I think USA is at like eight. Yeah. So busy day. Uh, you mentioned Woso. We would be remiss um, to end the pod yeah. without mentioning uh, the the athletic article that exposed um, some pretty terrible um, behavior, uh, sexual assault, coercion, harassment from um, former uh, North Carolina coach Paul Riley. Previously, before that, he was the Portland Thorns coach. Um, please go read the athletic article from Meg Linehan. It's it's a um, an investigation she did with Katie Strang, um, their former Portland Thorns players that are talking about the pattern uh, of, of sexual coercion um, that Paul Riley um, submitted the players to. Uh, and uh, it's ultimately resulted in Lisa Baird, the NWSL commissioner, 
having to, to step down and, and they postponed all of the games this past weekend because the league did not handle this well. And they kind of tried to say, Oh my gosh, we were, we were so shocked. We can't believe this has happened. Bro. And then Alex, Alex Morgan. She came was with like, hold seats. on, let me go to my sent mail and I'll show you what I got for you. She, she came out. And when Alex, Alex Morgan's one of the biggest uh, names in women's oh. soccer, it arguably commissioner Morgan. Absolutely. Soccer she in could, general. <laughs> she could run this damn league. And, and so she came out with receipts where, you know, Lisa Baird knew months ago, at least if not yeah. sooner, that this was a problem um, after the Portland Thorns did an investigation and ultimately decided not to bring back uh, Paul Riley. Uh, Merritt Paulson continued to send friendly tweets and banter and laugh and all sorts. Of, so that now there's questions about uh, Merritt Paulson and what he knew. And Portland fans are holding up signs at the games that say you knew. So yeah. it's uh, this is a big deal. You know, bottom line, uh, we stand by. Uh, the the victims. I mean, mm-hmm. we're obviously in support and solidarity and all that. We're not here to say like, well, there should be an investigation. No. no, I mean, this is crazy. Everything got delayed. Maybe the games get made up. They say they will, um, but that's that's the least of everyone's uh, concern right now. Yeah. So clearly, there needs to be some systemic change in NWSL. Uh, basically, every team, including Casey Woso, uh, put out a statement saying that you know what has come to light is unacceptable and they'll be working with the league to create some transformational change. Uh, then of course, NWSL goes and hires the former attorney who declined multiple times to prosecute Jeffrey Epstein to clean up this mess. So probably not the best move, Holy cow. <laughs> but not great. No, it's not, but you know, for every step forward, I guess there's a couple steps backward, but um, go read. If you have an athletic subscription, go read that article. Um, if you don't have an athletic subscription, now's a good time to get one. If you have the means to do so, to read the article and support some good investigative journalism like that. Uh, so it's, a it's a tough situation, but, um, you know, shout out, I don't even know if that's the right phrase, but you know, it took a lot of bravery for the women who were quoted in that article to, uh, shout out to you, brave lady. (laughs) I I mean, I'm just, you know, it took a lot, a lot of courage to be able to to come out and and be the face of of this type of movement. So also a poor word because he coached the North Carolina courage. It's true. So it didn't take a lot of courage. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta think this uh, through here. Well, you know what I'm trying to say? It's basically a thorn in the side. No, the goddamn thorn. Son of a bitch. We're, uh, they, I'm just, I'm uncomfortable, so I'm trying to make comedy, but I hope you know my intentions are good. That's just my love language. Yeah, It's comedy. Yeah, my love so. language is comedy and weird uncomfortableness. Anyway, we hope uh, NWSL makes some good changes and, and things get better there. So yes. that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, I guess, the, the final thing that we had to mention. But, you know, we are, we are glad to be back with you. Uh, double victory pod. It was a great week oh, to be a sporting points. fan. Just like uh, Dan said it would be. <laughs> and the genius uh kustradamus um wicked smile shout out to seth sinovic there's an appropriate use of shout out uh thank you for joining us and and uh, croatian brethren croatian brethren hopefully we'll uh see you again in the future in and around sporting casey games and children's mercy park so thank you all for listening make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at no other pod at dan Kuzer at jc max three like us on facebook facebook.com slash no other pod or shoot us an email no other pod at gmail.com check out our store bitly.com slash no other pod there's some sales coming up you gotta check in see when they are so you don't want to miss it some 13 t-shirts can't miss it 
Oh and uh, make sure you check out uh, hellotushy.com slash no other. They got some crazy new products that you can get 10% off on, uh, including uh, a bidet toilet seat that will not only wash your butt, but dry your butt. It will dry your bum. It will eliminate the need for toilet paper at all. And I'm like, yo, do we get a free one since we <laughs> no, no free one. Okay. So go check out hellotushy.com slash no other for 10% off. But uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back uh, next week. There will be no sporting KC games, but hopefully we'll have a U.S. men's national team victory pod. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. Wicked smart. <laughs>